about you, but I'm going to let my light shine, okay? Uh, man, welcome to Grace Church. Uh, we saw a little video of some guys in some ugly sweaters um, having a competition with lights. And uh, here in just a little bit, Pastors uh, Bob and Chris are going to come up. And let me just say, Pastor Chris and I, we are highly competitive. And I wore the best uh, ugly sweater that I could find, um, but I got something better. And I, I can't wear this one because it's, it's my mom's. And uh, uh, let me just, uh, I, I have to make sure that Chris doesn't one-up me, okay? So let me just, uh, and I, I don't know if this will count. Give me a second here. The buttons are really tight. All right, the sweater doesn't fit well. Um, let me see here. Oh, it's about to reveal itself. Oh, yeah. It's not really a sweater, but it's the ugliest thing on the planet. Cleveland Browns, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, so victory belongs to me. All right. No, it's great to have you with us. Uh, we are continuing our series um, talking about spiritual gifts. And uh, I believe to the core of my being that this is such an, in, an incredibly important topic for us to talk about as a church. You see, God, through the Holy Spirit, has gifted every single one of us who follow Jesus Christ, who have decided to put their faith in Jesus Christ. We've all been gifted by the Holy Spirit of God. And it's just like, on Christmas morning, you know, you, you, you wake up and you see the gifts under the tree. And I have yet to experience a Christmas where my boys don't rip open every single gift. I mean, they dive in and they find out what's in those packages because they are so excited. But yet, so many of us as Christ followers, we've been gifted. We have these spiritual gifts, but yet we leave them wrapped, unopened. We don't even know how we're gifted. We don't know how the Holy Spirit has gifted us. And so uh, we are talking about this because as your pastors, we want to encourage you. We want to lead you. We want to pastor you to not only discover your gifts, but to use your gifts to the fullest. And you know, I know you've, you've heard me say this before, but when God's church, when every single one of us, not 50%, not 30%, not 75%, but 100% of us are using the spiritual gifts that God has entrusted to us, and we're using them to the fullest, it will blow your minds what God will do through his people. It will blow us away when we are all using our gifts to the fullest. So you not only need to know your gift, but you need to use your gift. And this morning, we wanted to have a conversation about spiritual gifts. And uh, I've invited Pastor Bob and Pastor Chris to, to join me in this conversation, and uh, let me just invite them up here really quickly. First of all, Pastor Bob, my dad, has been uh, a pastor, has been in ministry for over 40 years, so he's pretty much seen it all, okay? He has seen people using their gifts to the fullest. He has seen God bless people because of their gifts and, and, and because of what they are, or how they're using their gifts, and he's also seen the other side, where people um, left their gifts unopened. He's experienced the frustration of seeing uh, people that were gifted, but they weren't using their gifts to the fullest. And so, man, Pastor Bob has such tremendous wisdom. And uh, I'm, I'm going to invite Pastor Bob at this time. If you would give him a round of applause, please, that would be, that would encourage him. That would encourage him.
That's a lot better looking crowd than the first one. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. I have to tell that to the first service. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Pastor Chris, it, it was crazy. I, I called Pastor Chris yesterday, and uh, I celebrated my birthday yesterday, the last year to be in my 30s, okay? And uh, I said, Chris, how long have you been a pastor? How long have you been in ministry? And he said, gosh, he had to think about it for a little bit. This was via text, so I assumed he was thinking about it. And he said, 17 years he's been a pastor. And he and I are pretty much the same age. So I had that moment where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm getting old. This is crazy. Uh, 17 years he's been in ministry. And, and I've invited Pastor Chris to, to be up here and join us because, to be honest with you, he is kind of the expert here at Grace when it comes to spiritual gifts. He's been tasked. Uh, with leading people through the shape inventory, which is a, a, a tool to help people discover their spiritual gifts. And man, he has done tremendous amounts of study. Um, he knows the scriptures um, when it comes to spiritual gifts. Does he know it all? No. But he knows a lot, and um, I'm honored to have him with us. So if you could uh, join us up here, Chris, on stage. Give him a round of applause. That would encourage him once again. And uh, yeah. So I didn't know that Ugly Sweater Sunday was going to turn into a competition between you and I. But uh, Justin says he has the ugliest sweater. I think he actually looks really good in this jersey. But I'm pretty sure that I've got the ugliest sweater. Uh, if you can't see it in the back, it looks very similar to what you're about to see up here on the screen. So I decided it was so ugly that I would not put it on here once, but twice. So I win, you lose. Burn that thing. I have to make it I have to make this very clear okay Chris took this picture he, it's it's my face on someone else's body let's be very clear okay he put this on Facebook and it's like there's some men in this church that's like that's not my pastor okay that is not my pastor so uh, that's not that's my face I don't know how, why I was making that face. That's uh, how, listen that's how you look when you preach that was a picture of you preaching oh my word <laughs> Don't let him off. Oh, my word. Well, uh, you know, before we begin this conversation about spiritual gifts, I think there, there's probably some people wondering, like, what are the spiritual gifts? I mean, we've been talking about what they are, what they aren't, um, trying to give some practical tools of how to help discover your gifts. But what are the spiritual gifts? And, and before I give you that answer, I, I want to make sure it's very clear from the get-go that the, the Word of God, the Bible is the foundation for where we find our spiritual gifts and how to discover your gifts. That's what, as pastors, we're going to do our best to direct you to the scriptures. We want you to find out for yourself. We want you to be able to read for yourself how to know your gifts, how to discover your gifts. On the back of your bulletin, you'll see a list of the spiritual gifts that are listed in the Bible, and there are scripture references, okay? You'll see, um, let's see, Romans chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4, and 1 Peter chapter 4 are great chapters in the scripture to learn about spiritual gifts, to learn how to discover your gifts. Uh, but we, as your pastors, we're going to have a conversation. We're going to talk about how to uh, know your gifts, how to use your gifts. And, and Pastor Chris, Pastor Bob, they're going to share uh, their best wisdom, their best ideas, their best knowledge. But once again, they're just men. Um, and we want most of all for you to be going right to God's word um, to, to know and to, to learn your gifts. 
So I just wanted to make that very clear from the get-go. But you'll see the list there. Those are all the spiritual gifts that uh, are listed in the scriptures. And so I guess to begin the conversation, let me just uh, start by asking. I want to ask both of you, but let me direct it to you first of all, Chris, is just to say, um, like, do you know your spiritual gifts? Do you even know what they are? Yeah, for sure. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I'd right. be in trouble if I didn't. Um, no, I definitely mine are um, teaching, exhortation, and the gift of hospitality. Uh, and I would say that those are my gifts right now. Uh, I think the interesting thing that I try to talk to people about in Shape Inventories when I take them through them is that when we talk about spiritual gifts, just because you have a certain specific spiritual gift right now doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have it for the rest of your life. Sometimes God gives us gifts that we will have our entire Christian life, but sometimes he gives us gifts to equip us for the mission that he has for us in advancing the kingdom and advancing the gospel. And so for now, mine are teaching, exhortation, and hospitality, but they could be very different because I believe what God calls us to, he equips us for. And so my gifts could look very different in five years from now, but yeah, that's definitely what mine are today. I'd ask you the same question, Dad. Um, What are your spiritual gifts? Um, My primary gift is the gift of mercy and uh, the gift of service, teaching, and giving. We're going to talk about this a little bit more about, you know, affirmation of your gifts from people that are godly and trusted. But let me just say, first of all, like growing up in my dad's home, I can affirm to you that those are his gifts. Um, He pretty much gave away everything. (laughs) Okay. Um, And he is the most merciful man. Um, He loves people. He's very compassionate towards people. Very tenderhearted. And uh, the same with Chris. I mean, the gift of hospitality, if you've been in his home, man, um, he loves to brag on people and also teaching. We've all benefited from his teaching, so um, definitely affirm that in you guys. Uh, Chris, let me just ask you, like, uh, you know, there's probably a lot of people, it's like, okay, cool, you know your gifts, but how in the world did you discover those spiritual gifts? So, uh, so there's probably some people that may be even a little bit frustrated, you know, like, how do you, how do you discover, how did you know that hospitality is your gift? How did you discover that? Yeah. Um, man, I know like I said last week, if you were here last week when I preached, I talked, I, I shared an illustration about my daughter putting her on the bicycle for the first time and telling her to start pedaling, otherwise she was going to crash and, and burn. That was really how I discovered my gifts was just by getting on the bike and beginning to pedal um, and just doing the work of ministry. And I think the interesting thing was is, is that as I look over my life, man, I realize I'm not the smartest person in the room. I'm not the most talented person in the room. But I also know that God has given me some gifts that um, make me unique from each and every one of you, just like you have, you, you have gifts that are unique from me. And I think that's the really beautiful thing about the body of Christ is that we all are so uniquely created and formed and different, but together we make this beautiful unified body. And um, for me, I realized very early on, like I'm not the most talented person, not the most gifted or the smartest person, but God gripped my heart at a very young age, I think, for, for ministry and for his church and for the advancement of the gospel. And I think where that really begins, going all the way back to probably my middle, early teenage years, um, man, I just wanted to hang out with my youth pastor. And my, my youth pastor was this guy that I almost idolized. I looked up to him. I wanted to be just like him. And so I would find excuses to go up to the church 
and just hang out with him. And of course, my parents were very excited about sending me to the church, getting rid of me and having me around another godly example. So I would go up to the church, and I think where I began to discover some of my gifts are in odd places like a church bus or on a tractor or on an international scout that our this SUV truck slash truck that our church had. I used to go up to the church on a regular basis just so I could hang out with my youth pastor, and he'd be maybe working on the, on the church bus, or he, he needed the 20 acres of grass that we had to be mowed, and so he'd put me on the tractor, he'd put me to work. And I did all these things not knowing at the time that I was de- that God was developing in me a heart for ministry. I did them just because I wanted to be around him. And in the process of that, he began to develop um, gifts in me and to kind of show them to me what they were. And so, and I would even say even beyond, let me, let me say one thing first. Parents, if you've got kids that are teenagers right now, or kids that are going to be teenagers very soon. This is what I would encourage you. As a former youth pastor, you never really lose your passion for teens. Um, Get your kids around your youth pastor and his wife and the counselors as much as you can. Let them rub off on you. I am a testament to um, a, a man of God that spoke into my life that was not my parent. And he, outside of my mom and dad, which I'll talk about here in just a second, outside of my mom and dad was the most influential person on me spiritually. And uh, my parents loved to send me and and just hang out with him. And he is one of the reasons that I'm here today. He's one of the reasons that I started serving. And I would even go as far as to tell you that um, my parents were the biggest influence on me. Um, I saw from them, I saw service and spiritual gifts modeled at a very young age. Um, For example, my parents ever since I can remember, have been involved in church, but not just like Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night church attenders, but they were intimately involved. My dad was a trustee at the church for several years. He was a volunteer in our youth ministry. He taught me in junior high uh, for several years. Um, He ran an Awanas program, which is a kid's program that's midweek that that our church used to do 25, 30 years ago. Uh, He was the softball coach. He has sung in the choir ever since I was a little boy, and he still sings in the choir to this day. And so what I saw from my parents was a model of servitude and a model of people that, and my mom is the same way, until up, up until to this very day, she still works on the bus ministry that our church has. And so she works with little kids in that ministry. And um, they set the example. And so I want to tell you parents, if you want to see your kids grow up, and serve the Lord and serve the church, if that's a desire that you have, and I hope that it is, I would tell you to model it now and make it real because it will make a difference. What a great legacy to pass down to your children, a love for God's church and uh, just um, a love for serving people. And that was the biggest influence in my life. Those were the two biggest things in my life that really helped me to get on this path of peddling and discovering my gifts and in the process, one of the things that I've done is I've, I've learned some tools that have helped me to kind of zero into those gifts a little bit quicker. And so I, I know the kind of society that we live in in America is we want everything fast. And sometimes pedaling a bike and learning to ride that bike, metaphorically speaking, doesn't always happen yeah. quickly. And so sometimes you just got to start serving and it doesn't like you don't discover your spiritual gifts fast enough. Like it's like you just start getting frustrated. And so. Uh, if I can, I want to share a little illustration with you. This is something that we um, that we share in our shape inventories that people see when we talk about spiritual gifts <laughs> specifically. And I, 
if you feel like you're on the bike right now and you're pedaling and you're like, God, show me what my giftings might be. I'm getting a little bit frustrated. I'm growing a little bit weary and well-doing. Um, I'm not zeroing in on what maybe my gifting is. I want to show you um, a diagram. We call them three concentric circles um, that will help you to kind of zero in as you serve the Lord. And the first thing that you can ask yourself are, what are my abilities? And my handwriting is kind of atrocious on these things because I'm a lefty. But ask yourself, what are the things that I'm naturally good at? What are the talents that God has given me? Maybe from my youth, maybe they're talents that you've developed over the years that you've just invested a lot of time into. But if you can zone in and zero in on your abilities, that's more likely to help you to find or get to what your spiritual gift might be. Um, the other A, we're going to do a little bit of um, A words here, is... Um, um, I just forgot the affinity. word. Affinity, yeah. Gosh, I was thinking of the third one. Affinity is the second one. What are the things that you love to do? What are the things that your heart beats for? If you can, if you can uh, define those things and pinpoint those things and they work together in conjunction with your abilities, and then with the third A, which is um, affirmation, those three things working together the, the things that I guess with affirmation really what I'm getting to is what are the things that other people, other Christ followers see in you, that they're affirming in you, that when they see you do this or that or act out this or act out that, they say, gosh, I see the Lord working through you in this area. When you can put together your abilities, your affinity, and your affirmation, this is the sweet spot right there. And a lot of times you will find your spiritual gifting right in the center of those three things. Now, once again, this is a human tool. This is not perfect, but it is something that we use to help people zero in a little bit quicker. And Justin, if you don't mind, I'll kind of use you as an example, because I know you've got the gift of leadership. So let's all turn our focus to Justin for a moment. And um, you, you hear that he has the gift of leadership. Am I correct in that, that you yes. have that gifting? Okay, so he has the gift of leadership. So let's evaluate Justin's life. And think about your own self and, and these three categories as we talk about Justin. The first thing is he has an affinity. He has a passion for leadership. This is something that Justin has um, displayed for years for years now. He is, um, he's talked a lot about leadership. He does sermon series on leadership. He gives a lot of leadership away to develop other leaders. We hosted the Global Leadership Summit this last summer. We're going to do it again next summer. This is something that all comes from Justin's heart and his passion. So he has an affinity for it. But he also has some abilities uh, to be a leader. I mean, he gets up in front of you every Sunday, and he leads this congregation, not just on Sundays, but day in and day out. And we've seen that leadership over the course of years. And the affirmation is really where it comes in, where I say, there's a congregation. You're just the second service this morning. There's a congregation of people that are willing to say, I see him as a leader, and I know that he's a spiritual leader, and I'm willing to follow him as he follows Christ. And so... There's, an, there's a group of people that are sitting in this room that are affirming the leadership that's in his life. And so you take all three of these things when it comes to the gift of leadership for Justin, and it's right there. And so I think that when it comes for you, if you're trying to zero in on what your gift might be as you're peddling, as you're doing the dirty work week in, week out, trying to discover it, ask those three things. What am I good at? What am I passionate about? And what have other people affirmed in me? And you might get to that spiritual gift just a little bit quicker. That's good, Chris. I was, was going to, first of all, get the spotlight off of me. And then, uh, <laughs> I would say that, just to make it very clear, when you put your faith in Jesus Christ and you make the decision to give your life to him, it's not like, bam, right. you know, the spiritual gifts, all of a sudden you know. 
um, discovering your spiritual gifts often is a journey, and you have to dive in. You have to start pedaling. I love the illustration. You have to you have to start pedaling. Sometimes you're gonna try something and crash, you know, and and, it, and you're gonna have to get back on the bike. Um, so just know that it's 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 uh, it's a journey. It's a process in discovering your spiritual gifts. And I was gonna ask one more question to you, Chris. When uh, you know, some people may say, I, I kind of know what my gifts are. Like I I know. <laughs> I don't have the gift of serving. So if I don't have the gift of serving, does that exempt me from serving, right? Like, hey, everybody's setting up the chairs, but I don't have the gift, so I'm not going to set up the chairs, you know? (laughs) Or I don't have the gift of giving, so don't ask me for anything, right? (laughs) Um, I mean, how does that work? If someone doesn't have a specific gift, are they exempt from using other gifts? Does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely does make sense. I would say that don't neglect to do, when it comes to these gifts and the ones that maybe you recognize that you don't have, don't neglect to do what is right and what is good and what is commanded by the Lord. Because many of the spiritual gifts, the 20 that are listed on the back of your bulletin, many of those things, yes, they are spiritual gifts, but they're just general commands. We should all lead in our families. We should all lead in some area. We should all have mercy. We should all be evangelists. It's just that for some people, these particular gifts come more natural than others. And so just because, like, um, I guess non-giftedness is not an out clause for you, okay? So it doesn't mean that, oh, because I don't have the gift of faith, I don't have to believe, or because I don't have the gift of administration, I can be a slob. Um, You know, these things, it means you just have to work a little bit harder at them. Um, So I would say that, first of all. I would say the next thing to that question is... um, Do we get the right to basically neglect these gifts? I would say, obviously, no. But I would also say, if you recognize that there are gifts in your life that you do not have, don't get what I call gift envy. And this is something that I struggle with a lot, because as I look around the room, I see people in here that I I look up to spiritually, and I say, man, I see God's gifting, how the Holy Spirit has empowered them in their life. I wish I had that, but I don't. Like, I look at Justin, and he clearly has the gift of leadership. I don't have it. I have to work at it. It doesn't exempt me from being a leader. I mean, I have teams here at church that I have to lead, and I have to be responsible for, but I have to work a little bit harder at them. But I also have to be careful not to look at Justin's gift or Bob's gift and say, oh, if God had only made me that way, I'd be so much better. No, because Bob and Justin may be looking at me saying, the same thing. Like, oh man, if he had just given me the gift of hospitality or the gift of teaching or exhortation. And so don't get this gift, this, this gift envy that we talk about. Just be, just be who you are naturally and be who God gifted and created you to be, to play your part in the mission and the advancement of the gospel. And then the last thing I would say just real quick is, um, don't focus so much when it comes to spiritual gifts, don't focus so much on what you don't have. Focus on what you do. Because that's the gift. Like when, you, when your kids open up presents on Christmas morning, you don't want them opening up presents, looking at their brothers and sisters saying, oh, I wish I had that. That hurts you. That breaks your heart, doesn't it? You want them to be happy with what they have. And so I would say, spiritually speaking, it's the same way. God has uniquely and specifically gifted each of you Christ followers. So don't take it for granted. Focus on how he's gifted you and use it. Like employ it. Put it to work in your life. And I think you're going to be much more effective that way. That's good. That's really good. Dad, I was going to ask you, I know you said one of your main gifts is the gift of mercy. And uh, I, 
was going to ask if you could maybe just talk about what are some of the strengths of that, and then I think sometimes there's weaknesses to some of our gifts too. Like, what have you seen with that gift that maybe was a weakness as well? Yeah, every gift has strengths, and it's really important that we all try to learn the strengths of gifts from our brothers and sisters in Christ, because that's where you're going to possibly be able to to learn to function using some of those gifts, even though it's not the main gift that God has gifted you with. And every gift has its weaknesses, and you really need to, to learn the weaknesses of the gift that God has given you. The gift of mercy, uh, I thank God for it, and then at times I hate it. I wish you hadn't given me that gift, because it does things to you that can really uh, wrap you up if you're not real careful. Um, having the gift of mercy makes me a fixer. If you have a problem and you come to me, I immediately want to fix you. I want to. I want to do anything and everything I can to help you. And some of the dangers of that are: I get too involved. I get ahead of God working in your life because sometimes you might be having problems because you have disobeyed God and you've sort of spurned some of the teaching of God in your life and the Lord has you in school in a hard spot and I come in and try to doctor it all up and mess up what he's doing so I had to learn uh, to really listen to the people who are having the problems and maybe find out why that problem is there in their life and then I could apply it another real danger that uh, I was so grateful that we had a man in our church years ago who sat me down and pointed this out to me. Uh, wanting to fix people so bad, we have a tendency in the gift of mercy to compromise biblical truth. If I can do something to just cut the edge, you're hurting so bad, and I might try to, to compromise something that I really have no business doing. And this brother came to me and and he he gently admonished me on that and I really appreciated that and I really began to look at that and ask God to help me well I don't want to get ahead of you I don't want to uh, stop you from accomplishing what you want in this individual's life but I do want to help I do want to see them through your grace and mercy uh, find help and healing and Lord I want to be true to your word and uh uh, if you have the gift of mercy, those are really two big uh, good things that can be bad at the uh, uh, blink of an eye if you're not careful. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> kind of made me think of, once again, the strength of the body. I mean, that's why you are so important. Everyone has been gifted. And uh, we all have been gifted for various reasons, but that's what makes the body of Christ strong. And um, that's why it's important that if it was just the gift of mercy, gosh, we need the gift of prophecy. We need the gift of, of, of giving. We need the gift of administration. And they all play a part. They all come together to make the body of Christ. Justin, can I throw in a yes, verse real quick? Absolutely. I mean, God just kind of led me to 1 Corinthians 7, verse 7. It just speaks to what you just said. It says, I wish that all, this is Paul speaking, who was obviously very gifted and, and very talented. I wish that all were as I myself am, but each has his own gift from God, one of one kind and one of another. So each and every one of us, he's telling the Corinthian church, he's like, each and every one of you have a gift from God. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Dad, I was going to ask you as well, if you wouldn't mind just sharing a brief story uh, from your experiences in ministry and stuff of how God used your gift.
relationships in a positive way to bless people, to bless someone? When I first became pastor of this church, uh, there was an African-American gentleman that had just gotten saved. I mean, like 30 days, a month or so just before I became pastor. And uh, uh, his wife got saved. And I had the privilege of, of four years having input into Bill and Angie Glaze's life. Uh, Bill was a tremendous football player. His life's goal was to play professional football. And uh, uh, he actually, when he graduated from Fort Lewis College, went to the Dallas Cowboys, tried out, and made the team. And uh, there had been a linebacker that retired that year, and he decided not to retire, so Bill was cut immediately when that uh, guy came back. And he was all disappointed. Then he heard that uh, Reuben Carter, the nose guard at the Denver Broncos, was going to retire. So he worked for a month or so, putting on some weight, lifting weights, went to Denver and tried out for the defense nose guard there with the Denver Broncos. But the gain of weight that he put on made him just uh, less than a second slower than what he had to be, and he didn't make the team. Well, I had seen through the years that I was dealing with Bill that leadership was powerful uh, gifting in his life. That administration, man, this guy could put stuff together and help you uh, just really see the picture of what you wanted to do, where you wanted to go. And I had talked to him about ministry. He'd gotten involved into the church to a great degree. Well, he came back from the Denver Broncos meeting, and he, uh, as you could imagine, was down in the dumps because this was a life dream. So I preached that Sunday, and I don't even remember what the sermon was I preached. But as soon as I started giving the invitation, Bill came out, and he came forward, and he said, Pastor, I'm so grateful for all the things that we were able to talk about because I've been fighting God ever since you've been putting this stuff into my life. I wanted my dream, and God's made it clear he wants me to be in the ministry. And he surrendered to ministry, and he's pastoring and uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in the ghetto, a huge church that's just really, really being blessed of God. And it was a joy to see that guy grow up spiritually. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really awesome. I don't know, some of you have probably had the privilege of hearing Bill Blaze speak, and that guy can light it up. Yeah. Sure. yeah he's a good, good speaker. No, I appreciate that. I was actually going to ask a question to both both of you, and I want to direct it to you first, Chris, but what, what makes me crazy is... Like, people have the gifts from the Holy Spirit. Not all of them, but they've been gifted, okay? Each has their own gift. But yet, like these packages on this table, many of them are still wrapped, and many of them are still unopened. And so, my question I want to direct to both of you, and I want to ask you first, Chris, is like, why do so many Christians not know what their spiritual gift is? And, and I would not do this to you right now. Maybe we'll do it in the future, so beware. But uh, I bet if we were to go to each individual person in this room and ask, what is your spiritual gift? I don't know, maybe 50%, maybe 70%. Gosh, I hope we could get to a place where 100% of people in Grace Church know what their spiritual gift is and can use their spiritual gift. But, but why is that? Why, why do so many Christians, from your perspective, why do they not know what their spiritual gifts are? It just... 
it, it makes my head hurt, to be honest with you. It makes me crazy. Well, I would, I would say one thing, and I, I, I want to say this in love, but I think one of the first reasons why people don't know their gifts is because of willful ignorance. It's easier to remain ignorant to spiritual gifts and to stay out of this portion of God's word where he's clear on it. He's clear that there are gifts. There are 20 of them that are in scripture in the New Testament. It's easier to, say, to stay away from it. Therefore, if you're not, if you're ignorant to it, if you're not educated on it, it's easier to not be accountable to it. And so I think that's one of the reasons. Um, and I can tell you, Justin, um, over the years of doing the shape inventories, I always ask people um, what they think their spiritual gifts are. And usually about seven, eight times out of 10, people said that they don't know what they are. And I used to get really frustrated by that. And many of you have probably heard the story as you've gone through shape inventories, but I used to get really frustrated by that. But what I realized was, it's not just on you to discover your spiritual gifts. Yes, it starts with you, and it ultimately ends with you, but we're in this together. So as pastors, it's our job to teach you as well on these topics, and this is why we're talking about this in the month of December, because we believe it's important so that you guys can, can begin to discover them if you don't. And so I would say part of it's willful ignorance, just like maybe laziness, or I don't want to go near this because then I'm going to be accountable. And then part of it is just maybe they haven't been taught Maybe they haven't been pedaling long enough. And, um, man, I would say a, another big part of it is maybe a, a lack of uh, stick itiveness maybe. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's a word, stick <laughs> Um Sure. Maybe grit. Maybe grit's a better word. Maybe a lack of grit. This is the reality, that running the race of the Christian life is not a 100-meter dash. It's, it's a marathon. It's a lifelong marathon, and many times new Christians, they, they get saved, they get excited about the Lord, and they, you know, like a runner would, they come out of the blocks, and it's almost like they're treating this life of a Christian, of being a Christian, they're treating it like a hundred-yard dash. And so they're sprinting, and they're sprinting, and they're sprinting, and they just don't have the legs to continue on. And they get weary and well-doing. Like they're pedaling, they're running, they're they're engaged in battle, but they don't have the legs to keep going because they're treating it like a sprint as opposed to a marathon. And so they just don't have the grit to stick with it. And this is the reality is that serving the Lord and following the Lord for a lifetime is difficult. Like it's not an easy life. And you guys know this, like you're different than the world. And so... Man, every day you wake up and you put on your shoes and you walk out the door, it's a battle if you're going to be different than the world. And if you don't have that grit, if you don't have that stick to in the Christian life, especially when it comes to spiritual gifts, you're going to quit when it gets difficult. And a lot of Christians do. We see it all the time in churches. It's not just our church. It's every church where people, man, they just get on fire for the Lord and they sprint out of the blocks and they just lose their legs and they bail because it's too difficult, because they don't see the finish line, because they don't see the payoff. And so what I would encourage each and every one of you with is, is develop grit. Determine, get this almost spiritual stubbornness that you're not going to give up, that you're not just going to quit. That's good, man. That's really good. Dad, I'd ask you the same question. I mean, why is it that so many Christians don't know their spiritual gifts? I mean, from your perspective, what would you say to that? The biblical uh, perspective that I want to speak to is, found in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 7 and verse 17 and it's uh, talking about pastors your spiritual leaders one of the big problems people have is 
a lack of respect for the men of God to listen to them and allow them to speak into their lives. And uh, had an uh, old-time preacher preach for us years ago. Uh, he'd been in the ministry nearly 70 years. And uh, Brother Griggs was teaching on prophecy on Wednesday night for us. And I had an opportunity to take him home. He lived over by Ignacio. And uh, I asked Brother Griggs, I said, Brother Griggs, what's the biggest difference in ministry today uh, from when you began years ago? And without any hesitation, he said, Bob, there is no respect for the men of God in our churches today. Now, that's a real tragedy. And a lot of pastors brought that on uh, because of the, the way they, they did shepherd their flock. But God established spiritual leadership. Uh, pastors, and I can speak to this because I'm not on staff now, okay? So I don't have to worry about anything yeah. or anybody. <laughs> so, so here oh, we geez. go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, if you don't like what you hear here, you can go somewhere else. And people just go church hopping all the time because that preacher said something that bothered me. Uh, well, we all need encouragement, but we all need to be bothered. Yeah. Uh, the word is going to make us uncomfortable. And there's going to be things the Holy Spirit is going to teach you through men of God who are trying to help you see your giftedness and if you don't listen to them and learn from them and allow them to pastor you, you're going to miss out on a whole lot. My life today, uh, I can go back years to my pastor, uh, to Paul Zeller, who I worked under at Horn Creek Ranch uh, for six years in Westcliff, Colorado, taught me service, set me down in the whole staff the first time I worked there. He said, folks, your life does not belong to you as long as you're on this staff. You are here to serve 24-7. And boy, I was, well, I never heard anything like that. But what an impact that had on my life. And I, God used that to develop that giftedness in my life. You've got to listen to people and let them have that input into your life. You are mentoring someone. Moms, dads, you people in this church, you folks that helped put on uh, this Charlie Brown Christmas, those kids are not going to forget that for the rest of their life. You've had input. Man, take advantage of that. Pray that God gives you wisdom and discernment to speak into people's lives. But be sure, all of us, that we have ears to hear and a heart that is willing to let God have his way. So I encourage you, boy, listen to your pastors and let them have that input into your life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, boy. Yeah. Did you get, just shut it down? <laughs> get back on staff here now. <laughs> no, I mean, in all, just yeah. in, in all yeah. seriousness, like you just, what you just said right there propels the ministry of this church forward years. Because what, what you said, what I loved was we all need to be bothered. And when you're in a church community, we're about the business of bothering each other, Right. Like, it's not about, it's my private life. We're doing this together. You get the privilege of bothering us. We get the privilege of bothering you as well. And that is, man, that's the mentality that we need to go forward um, effectively with the ministry. I know in, uh, in Hebrews there, you referred to it, you know, um, in the first service, but it uses some very strong language, language that isn't popular, 
in our day and age today, but it actually says to obey them that have the rule over you. Obey them? Like, first of all, that kind of makes my knees shake because uh, that's huge responsibility, but also on, on your end to say, gosh, um, yeah, what is, what is spiritual authority in your life? What does it mean to have a pastor in your life? What does that mean? And uh, I think that's what you're speaking of is, is really, really important for us to think about, to, um, to, to search the scriptures on, and to also submit to, uh, to follow um, men of God. We're having fun downstairs. <laughs> follow men of God who are following after Jesus Christ, for sure. Yeah. Man, I really appreciate that, Dad. I, I was going to ask you, Chris, just in closing here, if you could just briefly, I thought it'd be fun to kind of wrap up, just briefly brag on some people here, Grace. There are a lot of you who are using your gifts. You know your gifts, you're using your gifts, and you are what makes Grace Church so wonderful. If you yeah. could just take a few moments yeah. and just, uh, that's what you like to do, it's part of your gifting. Yeah. Um, if you could just brag on a few yeah, one of my favorite things as I have the gift of hospitality is making a big deal out of other people. I love to make people feel better about themselves. And so um, it's one of the reasons I love being a pastor, being a connections pastor. But I mean, I, I look around the room and I could name a couple of dozen people where I know exactly how you're gifted and I know how you're using it. And to, to have an opportunity to brag on just a few of you that don't even know I'm about to, I'm about to drop your name <laughs> is a real privilege for me. Like I look around the room and I see, I see Kyle Hansen sitting up here on the front. He's one of our elders and Kyle probably has the gift of wisdom or knowledge and the gift of discernment. He is so important to the future of Grace Church. Yes. His influence on the elder team and his discernment, he, he has an ability to look at things on the surface and go very deep, very quick. And he challenges us. Um, he stretches us. He makes us very uncomfortable. He, he is extremely gifted. He's using that gift. I look at Jerry Garrity right here in the front. I think he has the gift of hospitality and the gift of mercy. This man is inconvenienced his whole life by what he does and who he opens his home to. I think of the Trisha Rosses who just have the gift of, is Trisha in the room? I don't know if Trisha's in here. Trisha has the gift of leadership. She was overseeing a very large part of the Global Leadership Summit this last summer. She does a fantastic job of leading people. I think of the Randy Rollins with the gift of leadership. I think of the Katie, um, the Katie Davises. Katie's not in here this morning. She was in the first service, but Katie, if you haven't come to the Charlie Brown Christmas play yet, uh, man, it was fantastic last night. Those of you yeah. who are coming tonight, you're going you're gonna to really enjoy uh, tonight's performance. But Katie, when you see her around a group of kids, they flock to her like sheep to a shepherd. And she has the gift of shepherding, and she's using it. It's so fantastic to see. I think of guys like Fidel and guys like Andy and, and people like Betty Van Buskirk people like Steve Basie who serve behind the scenes in ways that you'll never know because they don't want you to know, but they have the gift of service and they love to be behind the scenes. I think of, I know this is longer than brief, but I think of Tammy Osborne. <laughs> Tammy Osborne, those of you who have been around for six or seven or eight years when she went through her battle with cancer, was very serious, had a young baby and a young toddler. She, she had cancer. And as she went through this battle, her faith was so strong that it was a light and a testament to the world that was watching. And they have a lot of influence in this world. And her gift of faith came out and it shined bright yeah. to where God used this horrible thing yeah. in order to bring glory to himself. And so those are just a few of them. Yeah, the, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I'll I can shut you down. Seriously, I, could, I can keep going. I could uh -huh. listen to that seriously all day because that's what it's all about. 
his people knowing their gifts and using them, and it glorifies Jesus Christ, not only in this church, but in La Plata County. It's, it's, it's wonderful, and uh, we want you to know that. Um, in closing, I, I, I want to end with just two thoughts, okay? Um, the, first, the first thought is a challenge, actually, to you as a church. I want to lay down a challenge when it comes to spiritual gifts. This next year, 2017, I want to challenge you. Um, if you have not been through the shape inventory, I want to challenge you in 2017 to go through that. Um, it's a wonderful tool to help you learn your personality, to help you learn your spiritual giftedness. Um, but we're, we're making a commitment in 2017 to try to encourage all the members of Grace Church to go through the shape inventory uh, so they can learn their spiritual giftedness. And the second thought is this. I want to get to a place, and, and maybe it's 2017, maybe it's beyond. Some of us, like we've, we've said already, you're pedaling. It's a journey. It may take a few years. But I, I'm praying for the day that we can ask you, each of you, what is your spiritual gift? And you'll be able to, to give a strong answer. You'll be able to know what your spiritual gift is. And then secondly, I would love to be able to ask each and every one of you, how are you using that spiritual gift? And you can give a strong answer to that as well. That would be incredible. And I'm praying for that day because, church, when we are all using our spiritual gifts, we know them and we're using them, it will blow your mind yeah. Amen. what God will do yeah. through you. Through you. He wants to use you. And, man, it is such a blessing to be used by God. Such a blessing. Man, Chris, thank you. Dad, thank you. Love you guys. And uh, Grace Church, thank you for uh, putting up with us. All right? I'm going to close in prayer, and we're going to be dismissed this morning. Father God, we love you, and we are so grateful for, for you, that you give us life through your son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that we would not only know our gifts, but we would use our gifts to the fullest. Um, I pray that there would be come a day where 100% of the people in Grace Church are using their gifts to the fullest. And man, thank you for men like my dad and for Pastor Chris. And Just thanks for their influence and their encouragement. And uh, Lord, I just pray that you would just continue to use uh, men like that, women uh, like that, Lord, to, to use their gifts to advance the kingdom of God in La Plata County and beyond. And we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Grace Church. You are dismissed this morning.